This is Wildcat Country. It's only right. The ball's in his hands. A milestone victory for Arizona. Simon Says Championship. All the inside scoop on U of A athletics. Welcome to another edition of Wildcat Country. Eric Cohen and Shane Dale, and let me say this. That game on Saturday night was freaking fantastic. And yes, I stayed for every single minute of it. And if you saw my uh, Twitter, X, whatever the hell it's called, if you saw that, I posted some pictures of people rushing the field. There is no embarrassment in rushing the field when the number 11 team goes down, Shane. What a thrilling night Saturday was. Well, I have to reciprocate, first of all, Eric, because uh, when I was one point off in predicting the Arizona-Stanford game, because I I predicted 21-19 to and it was 20-19, I think it was, or 21-20, you gave me my props right away, right off the bat, so I'm going to do the same to you. You had Arizona 27 Oregon State 23, and you were I way did. off. It was 27-24. Outstanding pick. I'm glad I was wrong. You. you are are very good at picking Arizona against the spread. Uh, I am not, although I'm, I'm gaining on you overall. But uh, great, great pick and a great game. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, – I'll tell you, I'm, we're going to get into it, but I, I didn't really feel like until Arizona took lead in the fourth quarter like Arizona's going to win that game because I felt like Oregon State was, was the better team at the line of scrimmage. On uh, both sides of the ball for most of the game, they made some stupid mistakes that we'll get to uh, that kept Arizona in it. But Arizona, in, you know, imposed its will in the fourth quarter, and it was a really impressive. Not I, it was a good all overall all around performance, but a very impressive ending to that game. So I thought, you know, I was talking with with my buddy who I went to the game with, uh, and we're recording this on Sunday night, so this is that was one night ago. Um, I, I wasn't sure who was the better team in watching, but I think they were very evenly matched Yeah, and Oregon state was ranked number 11. If that tells you something, do I think Arizona would go up against the likes of Michigan or Georgia? I mean, especially if Michigan knows their signs, probably not going to go well, but I think Arizona legitimately, and I'm not saying this to be a Homer is one of the 25 best teams in the country as of right now. Agreed. And we, we said that a couple of weeks ago that, yeah, one of the, but you can debate whether they should be in the top 25. They're, they're not in the top 25 in the AP and coaches poll, even though they got some votes, which I think is fine that there are no three lost teams at all in either poll, but are they playing as one of the top, the 25 best teams in the country right, right now? Yep. In, other, in other words, could you find 25 teams playing better? No, no, no absolutely not. They're playing at that level right now for sure. And I think, you know, there is a, like, if you were to ask me if Arizona were to play USC this weekend, who would win that game? I, I think we both would pick Arizona in Tucson. Yes, in USC, I think it's still probably a toss-up. But yeah, still a t- but it'd be it's not an automatic it, loss as yeah, you know. Yeah, if we did like a power ranking sort of thing, I would absolutely put Arizona ahead of USC right now. I'd put Washington. Go ahead. Yeah, where would you where would you put Arizona in the Pac-12 just right now? Before yeah. we get into everything, uh, Washington, Oregon, still ahead. I'd still put Utah ahead, even though they laid an egg against the the against the Ducks. Uh, and then after that, you can debate uh, Oregon State. Uh, you know, if you want to say head to head, Arizona would be ahead, even though you know the game were in Corvallis. You know, I don't know. I probably, I still think Oregon State probably overall is a, a little bit better team, even though Arizona got the job done in Tucson. Uh, UCLA, as of now, before this game, I would still put ahead of Arizona just because of their body of work. Mm. The thing that Arizona has going going against them right now, in terms just in terms of rankings and the way they're perceived nationally, is that win over Oregon State is as of now by far their most impressive win this season because Washington State has is just fallen off the face of the earth. They've lost four in a row. They just got their butt kicked uh, by by a previously winless in the conference ASU team. Uh, so even though that was a dominating performance in Pullman and an outstanding performance on my birthday, which I really appreciated, it just unfortunately doesn't look as impressive now. So that win over Oregon State is now their most impressive win. And outside of that, it's tough to find one that, that really stands out. Fortunately, they have a chance to get another one this week and then a couple more uh, before the end of the season. Dan, I hate to burst your bubble before we get into things. When you look at UCLA's bo- uh, body of work, as you mentioned, they have wins over Coastal Carolina at San Diego State. North Carolina Central. They lost at Utah. They mm-hmm. beat Washington State by eight at home. They lost to Oregon State on the road. They beat Stanford by a lot, and then they beat Colorado at home. 
Arizona has a more impressive body of work despite the third loss. Uh, maybe if Arizona had, if they had the same amount of wins and losses, I would agree with you. The, the, the fact is UCLA lost twice. Arizona has lost three times. Yeah, but two the, of those the, games were in overtime, but a well, loss is still a loss. But look at the, look at the teams that Arizona has played. Uh, mm-hmm. They have played a uh, uh, UCLA has played Utah, Washington state and Oregon state. Arizona has played two of those teams plus USC plus Washington yeah. and at Mississippi state. The the schedule uh, strength right now for Arizona is significantly harder than what UCLA has faced. I would, so, I would agree. It's harder. I would not say significantly, even though I guarantee you 90% of the people who were listening and watching are, are siding with you right now. I, well, I, I which is know. rare. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> but, but I think just because of Washington, because you look at Washington, I mean, that's a team that is a top, five team that Arizona lost to by a touchdown. We don't know what UCLA would do against them. I, I don't know, you know, offhand, they, they don't play this year and they probably won't because I don't think we're going to see uh, UCLA in the PAC 12 championship game foreshadowing of picks later. All right, let's get right into it. First of all, before we get into buy or sell, let's get into Shane's standouts. What do you got for us? Well, uh, I want to start off by saying, welcome back, Michael Wiley, uh, returning from injury. Yeah. And, and, and even well, even with as well as Jonah Coleman and DJ Williams have been playing, uh, Jed found a way to get Michael Wiley involved, uh, not just because he felt like he was obligated to, but because he's a damn good football player. Uh, he's still their best receiver at the tailback position. He had that 40 yard catch and run where I was sure he was going to get shoved out of bounds at some point, And then he just sped by everyone. And then the, uh, the catch from the, uh, the fullback position on second and goal that sealed the win on what was a great play call from Jed. Great I think Jed's, play play, call. Jed's play calling for the most part was very good uh, mm-hmm. against Oregon state. He called a very good game for the most part. Uh, so that was a great call. It's like you, you have to count for Cowing and, and McMillan in the end zone. Then you got to deal with Wiley too. Great call. Uh, also, I'm going to mention the entire Wildcat secondary because I yeah, I still yell at the TV for Johnny Nansen to please bring more pressure on third and long. Mm-hmm. But he insists on rushing three, four at most, most of the time. But the secondary forced two punts in the second half uh, by playing outstanding coverage and forcing that, that those punts in the fourth quarter specifically. Uh, so credit to them. And then related to that, on those punts, I mentioned Jacob Cowing, who had two outstanding punt returns in the fourth quarter that gave Arizona a short field both times and led to uh, to two touchdowns. Cowing reminds me more and more of Mike Thomas. He doesn't catch a lot of long balls, but he leads the conference in receptions. He's a capable punt returner as well, like we've seen. And on that final drive, I'll I'll mention credit to Coleman and Williams for running the ball extremely well after they had been bottled up for most of the game. Uh, You know, they they ran six minutes off the clock. They forced Oregon State to take two of their timeouts on that final drive and put them in a situation where we had to, where our hearts stopped for like five seconds on that onside kick. Um, But, Mm -hmm. and then, and real quick as well. I mentioned Noah Fafita, but not maybe not in the way you think. How about that punt from midfield? Oh, I, I was wondering what are they doing. I was that wondering was if there was excellent. what they were going to do because right. even for Jed, that like fourth and eleven, they're not going to go for it here with this much time left. But that dropped Oregon State back to the five yard line and set the stage for Arizona's fourth quarter comeback. Great point. And that quarter was probably the most complete that Arizona's played all season with special teams leading to defense, leading to more special teams, leading to offense. It was a dominant all around final quarter outside of Oregon's last minute touchdown driving that onside kick that almost made us sick. Uh, a great fourth quarter for Arizona. There you go. Shane standouts. Now coming up on the show tonight, uh, we have John Fina who has not been on with us in quite a while, former Arizona offensive lineman and his son Bruno is a starter for UCLA. So we'll ask him kind of a preview about the Bruins as well as my buddy, Jeff, the dome bloom from one Oh two seven, the fanatic in Palm Springs going to make pick with picks with us in the third segment. But now it is time for Buy or Sell, which is presented by our friends at Ice Shaker. Go to icesshaker.com, use promo code Wildcat Country, capital W, capital C. Get $5 off one of those beauties that Shane just drank out of if you're watching the video stream, or you can see behind both of us uh, on the videos. If not, get your own. You can get whatever logo you want on there. Uh, you can also find them at fanatics.com. All right, Shane, number one, we'll keep it uh, keep it simple. Negative negativity be damned. This Arizona football team, Shane, is for real. Well, we talked about it a lot already, uh, but I'll I'll buy it. Absolutely. The way they've been playing, they're one of the 25 best teams in the country. Still think they have some things to clean up. Uh, and Oregon State, I think, uh, shot themselves in the foot uh, a few times in that game, including that 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 the field the fake field goal attempt where that was not not as even as dumb as people are saying like or it was dumber than people were saying i should say uh because you i don't know if you caught it when oregon state the previous 
set of set of downs when they kicked the field goal. They were going to do that then, and they got called for delay of game. And you can see that the that the uh, was it the kicker handed off to the um, what the one of the worst calls I've ever yeah. seen in my life. So they telegraphed that play, and then they ran it anyway. And they and there was no time like even if they got in the first down, the, the clock would have run out. Uh, but beyond that, they, they they you know had some couple of unforced fumbles in the first half. Um, I think they got Arizona got was the beneficiary of a generous roughing the passer call that led to their first touchdown. But with that said, yes, they are. If you look at the way they've been playing the last three games against USC, uh, against Washington State and Oregon State, they have been one of the top twenty-five, maybe even better than that teams in the country. And they did it in the fourth quarter against Oregon State on every facet: offense, defense, special teams. I'll tell you, uh, just to just to harp on this again, uh, that Jonathan Smith call by Oregon State uh, to to do the fake field goal at the end of the first half was so moronic from such a good coach. Uh, I mean, you're, it, it's one yeah. thing if you're on the five yard line, but when you're on the fifteen or whatnot, like what in the heck are you thinking? There's no well, logic like, to it. Well, like I said, he telegraphed None. it. The the pre- when they they were right. going to do the fake the previous. Uh, a drive and then they got called for delay game and they settled for the field goal. But it's like but, they but already you tipped your hand if, if nothing else. You never run a fake field goal outside the 10 yard line. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just, that's just craziness. And, and they should be sick that they lost by a field goal after that. They should be absolutely yeah. sick. Yeah. But with that said, we'll go ahead. No, I was just going to say it. Everyone's saying, well, it would have been gone to overtime or whatever. If, if yeah, the game would have played, been played right. out differently. So right. I, but with that, yeah, you take the points there for sure. You, you go into halftime with a lead on the road. Um, but uh, yeah, okay. And I don't want to take anything away from what Arizona did. I just think, as we say in the corporate world, there are opportunities for improvement, even as they continue to win. And hopefully you can, they, say, that, they you can say that on every team, Shane, with that yeah. said, that what we have seen from Arizona, there is no, I did not see one thing last night that I was upset about. I thought we were playing a really good football team and, and hung in there and obviously pulled out the win. It was an incredible feeling to watch Arizona beat a ranked team in Tucson for the first time in five years since yeah. Justin Herbert and Oregon in 2018. That's right. I mean, that to think, and this was a, I mean, this Oregon State team is good. Yeah. And Arizona hung with them, and Arizona was better than them at the end of the game. I, I don't know what's going to happen in the final four weeks, and we'll talk about that, but this team is legitimate. They are, they have already exceeded my expectations uh, to this point. Give me two more wins. I don't care who they're against. Obviously, we want one of them to be ASU. I'd love to see 4-0. But give me two more wins and that everything else is gravy because this team has gone above and beyond to beat Washington State like they did and to beat Oregon State. When we looked at the preview of this schedule, Shane, I said Oregon State I could see, but I did not think they'd be number 11 at the time when they did that. Washington State, I said no chance. I thought Washington, maybe they hung in there against a team that's undefeated and in the top five. USC, this was a game that they should have won. These last four games for Arizona after that Stanford debacle, which they should have lost, yeah. have been absolutely phenomenal. This team is for real. I hope they prove it again on Saturday night. Okay, uh, number two, Shane, there should be no quarterback controversy uh, again anytime soon. Yeah, easy one. And I don't think there really is, even though Jed is probably going to keep saying they're both available, we'll see, et cetera. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Noah until he gets hurt or he just he just falls off the face of the earth. So, no, there's no quarterback controversy. The only thing I'll say is that you know, I think Noah Fafita is definitely the, the way to go. He's been fantastic overall. He made the one mistake, the one bad pass um, against Oregon State. I, there were a couple of plays like where – he's the safer choice because, you know, he got, he got sacked in a couple of plays where Jane Delora probably could have escaped pressure and run for a first down or, or more, or he could have just decided to chuck it down the field. So it was kind of a mixed bag. It's like, like Max Brown told us last week, there are some plays where no is going to be smarter and just take the sack and live to fight another day. But there are other times where Jane Delora probably could escape pressure and actually make a play. Uh, it's still a net positive. The turnovers have been few and far between. He's only, th- you know, only turned over three times since he's uh he became a Arizona starter. So uh, yeah, he's the, you roll with him. I think that, that the chemistry with him and his, the rest of his teammates is, is his, all his teammates is great. I think he, Probably, I know he's got that rapport with T Mac. I think maybe he looks for him a little too often and forces the ball into him a little too often. But going back to your question, no, no quarterback controversy. It's no feet of the rest of the way unless he gets hurt or just has an awful game. Yeah, I, I don't think there is either. I think we can just, I think, I don't think even Jaden Delora probably knows at this point, yeah. you know what, this is Noah's team unless he is awful or gets hurt uh, yeah. and awful for a long period of time, not just one game. All right. 
Number three, Shane, let's talk revised expectations. What is realistic, a.k.a. eight wins, and what isn't, a.k.a. a Pac-12 title game appearance? Why don't you give me your realistic over the last four weeks and maybe not realistic? Yeah, it's funny how expectations change. You know, I predict, yep. predicted Arizona was going to win five games before the season started. Now, obviously, if they finish with five wins, it would be extremely disappointing. And none of us would feel good about the way we would go into next season. Uh, so as far as expectations, you look at their last four games, I think you could argue that they're all coin flips. Even the ASU game, just mm-hmm. for a number of reasons, including yeah. just the unpredictable unpredictable nature of that game. ASU's actually been playing decent football the last several weeks, uh, and Arizona hasn't won in Tempe since 2011. The Colorado game looks like a game Arizona should win as of now, but it's in Boulder. Who knows? And then UCLA and Utah are ranked teams coming into Tucson where mm-hmm. it's probably going to be uh, even in Vegas uh, on both of them. You know, Utah would probably be favored at this point by a slight margin. I know UCLA is favored by a point and a half right now. Uh, so if you, if you look at it like the last four games are coin flips and you say, okay, they should win two of them. And I think seven wins is still realistic. I think, you know, look, they can run the table if they get hot. There's no reason yeah. they can't, but I don't think it's fair to expect that. I think seven wins with a bonus eighth win again, provided that one of them is against the issue, because that is like Dick Tomey said, it's a season in itself. Uh, I think that seven or eight wins, as long as one of those is against the issue would be fantastic from my perspective. Yeah. I think eight wins would be phenomenal. I think if Arizona goes uh, three and one down the stretch, um, I would be absolutely thrilled. I, I have a hard time seeing four. No, um, you know, I, I can yeah. make it, I can make an argument for each game individually, but at some point you just have to think that there's going to be, you know, a close game that doesn't go Arizona's way. I, I you know, we'll make our picks at the end of the show. We'll see if you have turned the corner on Arizona and, and are picking them this week or not. Uh, you guys can probably assume which way I'm going to lean uh, as far as Arizona or UCLA. But I mean, you know, on the road at Colorado, what's the weather going to be like there? We don't know what that yeah. is. Um, the Utah game, Utah is a generally a better team at home than they are on the road, with the exception of what happened against Oregon on, on Saturday, uh, where they got smoked. Uh, was it 35 to 6, 30, something like that? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that's that a winnable game. And then ASU, you know, they have some momentum. Will they win another game before they play Arizona? You know that with obviously they're not going to a bowl game. They weren't going to a bowl game to begin with. And and their, if, you, if you look at their, if you look at ASU's schedule, Arizona is their. I don't want to say easiest opponent, but for lack of a better term, it is because they play no, nothing but ranked teams until uh, to territorial cup. Well, game. I mean their their schedule is brutal. They're they're yeah. at Utah, at UCLA, home Oregon, and then U of A. So yeah, I mean they, it's a good thing they got their win of, against Washington State out of the out of the. Uh, out of the way they're the last fbs team to beat an fbs team this season Mm. um so if that you know shows something good for asu for that win bad for washington state what the heck happened to the cougars with that said if arizona goes 4-0 i'm glad to eat my words with that said i still don't think arizona can make the pac-12 championship game with two losses so uh if they if they had beaten usc we'd be talking about that right now but yeah as it is i think you know third fourth place is most uh realistic and unattainable. All right. So I want to touch the next one. I want to touch on the Arizona stadium atmosphere, um, which you saw it from home. I saw it, you know, obviously from the stands. Um, I want your, give me your opinion just from home. What did you think on TV? Just your, your thoughts on it. Yeah. Well, my evening was, you know, I am a a fan of all the Valley sports teams, except for the the maroon and gold guys. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I'm a big diamondbacks fan. And so I was watching game two of the world series and enjoying that. And then I switched over. Uh, I was recording the Arizona game. So I was a little behind when it started on fast forward through the commercials and halftime and finally cut up at the end. Uh, So it was on one hand, it was great that we got the national TV exposure on ESPN. There were no other interesting games going on unless you're a big Mountain West fan. Uh, so that was, if you wanted to watch football, that's the game to watch. And a lot of people, just general sports fans who were watching the World Series, the Diamondbacks pulled away late, maybe eighth inning. They're saying, oh, the Arizona-Oregon State game is about to start. Let me flip over to that. So hopefully that helped in terms of the ratings. My problem was ESPN's production in that game was absolute garbage. I don't know if you Horrible. went back and watched any of it. I saw parts of it. Um, but they, they, the, it, I don't put it on the, on the commentators. It was the, uh, the they were bad team. too. Well, maybe, but I, in turn, it just, there were mistakes made in terms of the production staff, which I think went off to a dispensary in Tucson before the game, because they, they were uh, running promos at the wrong time. The graphics didn't match up with what the guys were talking about when they ran instant replay, the, the, the replays weren't queued up and they were going in reverse or stuck. 
it was just a mess for a game that ESPN valued because they, they did, they, they had a sideline reporter there. They, you know, Jed Fish was interviewed after the game with the, the, the sea of fans on the field, which was a great look, but the, the production quality stunk. But even with that, it was great to see Arizona get a primetime game, get a primetime win at a time where if you wanted to watch a good college football game, that was your only option. Yeah, I thought, uh, I mean, I saw a little bit of the production. I, it was like, God, this, this, the announcers were, uh, Rod Gilmore, not a fan. Uh, they weren't great either, but I think, I think that it really started with the production team because they, they just sounded like they were off and like they were getting, you know, because, you know, you're, 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 you're getting words in your ears all the time if you're doing commentary. And I think the, the producers were just not on their game. All right. With that said, the in-stadium environment, um, I was a little disappointed that it wasn't a sellout, obviously. I mean, this is a really good Arizona team. What more do you want? Uh, it, maybe if it was earlier, would it have been a sellout? Are tickets too expensive? I, I don't know what it is. That place needs to be full. That's number one. Yeah. With that said, the crowd in the fourth quarter was as loud as I can remember. I mean, outside of the ASU game last year in a long time. It was a spirited crowd. They and, actually and stayed. They stayed. Everybody that was there stayed. There was a lot of Oregon State fans, by the way. There was a lot of orange in there. Mm. I thought the stripe out was stupid. Mm. Uh, it didn't I look good on TV. It, it's just not – just pick a color. You shouldn't do white at home. Uh, this isn't Penn State. I, I think if you're going to do that, you have to be sure that you're going to have a sellout. or just Like for basketball games, it's one thing. But if, if you don't have a sellout or close to it – it just looks bad. And I thought the little that I saw on TV, especially with the Zona Zoo, you know, they didn't do the stripe out part either. So I just thought it was unnecessary and kind of silly. Yeah, I, I'm not not a fan of the stripe out. With that said, I thought the crowd was very raucous come the fourth quarter, and I was impressed. Uh, and I hope sure. now let's talk about it. Let's let's segue into the next one. I believe, Shane, that homecoming needs to be an early game every single year, earlier game. And I think Arizona needs to work with the Big 12 going forward and saying, hey, listen, doing a 730 homecoming benefits nobody. You know, it doesn't help our home crowd. You, do you think people are going to stick around? They're going to get liquored up beforehand. There is no way that stadium is going to be three quarters full come the second half. And I hope I'm wrong, but I think we all know better. Yeah, well, well, we'll see. And I, I mean, the positive thing is that it is a big game and Arizona fans are as excited as they have been for this program in, in years. But yeah, it's tough because I think I know Dave Hickey had talked about just it's been difficult to get fans to go to the game. They'll go to homecoming, they'll go to the festivities and then not go to the game. Um, so then you get them there, then you have to keep them around for the fourth quarter. But as we saw, as, or as you saw specifically in the Oregon State game, it's a close game late. It's interesting. Fans will stick around. And I think that you know, the Washington game, the, the one I went to uh, with you, uh, it was it was close, but it wasn't it really wasn't in doubt late. And a lot of fans left early. Yeah. So uh, that was kind of unfortunate. If more fans had stayed, maybe they had better have a better chance for a rally. So I think a lot of it's going to depend on the score of the game. Um, but it does. It, I I do have hope seeing that fans are like, okay, it's a close game against the ranked team. I'll stick around and see what happens, even though it's late. I would certainly hope so. If you're going to the game, I know the, for those who like to imbibe, enjoy yourselves, but please find a way to stay and be a part of the action. If the game is competitive, I know it's a late game. But this is we have waited so long to have a game like of this magnitude where Arizona could win and be ranked at this point. And last chance to see UCLA in a long time. Right. And this is the last like nobody cares about Oregon State, but UCLA has been, you know, a rival of sorts for a long time. Uh, you're right. This is this could be the last time in Arizona Stadium in decades, yep. if not longer, maybe our lifetimes for all that we know. Yep. Um, you know what? Show up, show out. Uh, give give this team the support that they deserve after what they've done lately. So, uh, but I I think doing a, a late a late telecast I think it's I think it's embarrassing. With that said, I want to suggest one other thing. What I think the athletic department should do eventually, Shane, call me crazy, is I think they need to block off certain amounts of uh, certain seats and not sell them because you want to make it you want to make the demand more. You want to make it that the seats are or the tickets are in a higher demand that I think maybe the stadium, and I know they've reduced it a little bit, but I think it still might be a few thousand too big. You want to make it, if you made it 45,000, people are saying, I got to be there. I got to be at this game. Yeah, yeah, but the stadium does still sell out 
for big games. I know it's been a while, but Arizona hasn't been very good in a while. I, like I've said many times, Arizona football fans behave largely like Valley sports fans. They'll sh- like the Diamondbacks fans are right now. They'll show up when the team is playing well. And I, I think the UCLA game is going to be a sellout or very, very close to it. Uh, and I think that is, you know, if Arizona is ranked next year and they get off to an undefeated start, you're going to see more sellouts next year. So uh, it, winning is what takes care of it. And that stadium is capable of selling out. It, it did in the during the Mike Stoops era, it did during the Rich Rodriguez era. It probably even did it early during the Kevin Sumlin era, even though it's kind of hard to, to imagine that at this point. But I, I don't know about that. I think that the, it's about the right amount of seats and they keep winning. The fans will show up. I certainly hope so. Now let's transition to basketball just for one point before we bring on John Fina. So we're recording this on Sunday night, the 29th. Arizona plays New Mexico Highlands in their final exhibition game uh, on Monday, the 30th. Then they open on Monday, November 6th, hosting Morgan State before the uh, the game at Duke on November 10th. Now we'll we'll talk about the Duke game next week. So we'll, we'll probably end up recording, I would think, uh, in between, you know, uh, you know, the Morgan State game and the Duke game. But maybe yeah. maybe beforehand, who we'll knows? We'll see. All right, so, I mean, there's nothing that we're really going to take away from a scrimmage, but just one thing I want to point out. Henry Vesar is out for a bit of time. He There was a an Arizona golf tournament that was being played on the outskirts of Tucson uh, in Marana. Uh, on Friday, I had a friend who played in it, and uh, Vesar was fooling around on the golf cart with uh, another Arizona player. I don't want to speculate who that is. Um, and flipped it and dislocated his elbow is what the rumor is. Do you think uh, this is the end of Henry Vesar's tenure mm-hmm. at Arizona? And truthfully, does it does it matter, Shane? Well, uh, it reminds me of Kirk Creasa, who missed a game because he was goofing around before the game. And then I don't know what it is with vehicular accidents in Arizona athletes, because remember Raymond Polito, he falls off yeah. his bike yeah. a day or mm-hmm. two before the season opener, and then he's barely played since then. So I, I don't know. I, I was really, and we still might see him later in the season, but – I was really hoping to see what he could do in year two, you know, give him another year to see if he can fit into this group. Uh, with that said that they certainly have enough talent to where they can, um, they, they can, they can roll eight or nine deep without him. Uh, and so I don't think it's going to make or break their season and certainly hope not, but it's disappointing. And, and it's just, it's just stupid. And it's like something, it's just roll your eyes at that sort of thing. It's like, really, come on, be safer, be smarter. I think I do not believe Henry Vesar will will get much action this year, and it's disappointing. But Krivas, uh, that is Arizona's backup big man now. I would believe so. Outside of you know Johnson and and Balo, expect Krivas to have a much bigger role, maybe than I expected. Maybe some of you expected it, but more than I expected, uh, Vesar. Just disappointment. I really thought he could be a could be a player, and this is another unfortunate aspect of his tenure where he just looked lost last year. So we'll see what this basketball team looks like. We'll make some picks uh, on the Arizona Duke game uh, and next week's show. But coming up first, let's find out a little bit more about UCLA from John Fina here on Wildcat Country. What's up, everyone? It's Chris Gronkowski. Football season is back. Ice Shaker is a proud sponsor of the Wildcat Country podcast. Don't forget to check out some of our new products like the Ice Shaker with the built-in bump box speaker that's going to absolutely pop at your next tailgate party. Let's crush it this season. Bear down. All right, Shane, there is nobody that probably knows our opponent this week better that is connected to the Arizona program, let's say, than our old friend John Fina, who has not been on Wildcat Country in almost two years, which has been way too long. But we are very glad to have him back. He's a former Arizona offensive lineman. Buffalo Bills played in Super Bowls. No, by the way, his son Bruno starts for UCLA. So in case you're cool. wondering about the uh, the visor. That, that yeah, which I, yeah. Which you got to understand. I mean, you got to understand why he wears I've got, Wait, now, what visor? Go. What visor are you talking about? Let's go. I, I take a screenshot for YouTube. I'm going to grab that real quick and put that one on there instead of the UCLA one. So. <laughs> hey, John, I want to ask you just your your general thoughts of Jed Fish and what he has done. You know, we had John the last time Arizona was not very good. Uh, went in and they we had John right before they lost ASU, and it was not it was not pretty. Um, just your thoughts on how he's transformed this program over the last two years. Well, I think the things that I said then still hold true today. Jed is doing all the things that that he can control, right? He's been, uh, 
you know, he's been involved in social media for the entire program, uh, every sport included. He's been a great ambassador. He's an available person. He's engaging. He's not, he doesn't shy away from the camera. He gives great answers. He's, he's a terrific guy. I mean, I, I think, you know, in Tucson, you need somebody like that. And then we, you know, I think fans typically say they want the product to turn around as quickly as you could put your car in reverse, turn around, go the other way. And it just, it doesn't happen that way. You know, with the number of, of great programs there are in this country past, you know, the power five conferences all the way down to the AAC uh, the Mac and the Mountain West. I mean, there are great players playing in smaller colleges. It's not just consolidating in the in the Power Five. So it's hard to find those guys. And even when you find the guys, sometimes they just they don't become players. And you don't know that you're recruiting an 18 year old kid, and it's all just you know, hey, uh, you know, I'll, I'll I'll bet the odds. I'll, I'll put 25 bucks on four. I'll put, you know, 50 bucks on nine. And that's and Eric's roll life, the right? Dice, yep. Right. And, and sometimes that role comes up craps. And that doesn't mean it's a bad kid or a bad coach. It's sometimes the fit isn't right. Sometimes the kid has struggles. He misses mom and dad, or he's not a great student, or, you know, he can't take the pressure coming from being all world in high school, you know, can do no wrong and the most amazing guy. And then you go and you're, you're just another guy in your first couple of years, unless you're just an immediate standout. And those, some of those guys, those guys are few and far between. So the mental aspect of it, uh, it takes a while to get the right kids in place, to get your guys in place, to get the buy-in. And I think, you know, it's clear, it's clear that Jed's doing the right job. I mean, this is the most exciting Arizona football team we've seen in maybe a decade. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah. Since 2014, I would say you know, the Khalil Tate month of like the October of 2017. But as far as like a full season and getting excited for the future, I think it's been a full decade. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. But when you specifically looking at the offense, though, this is so much more. It's multidimensional. Yeah. The yeah. run game looks really good. The offensive line looks outstanding. You've got terrific receivers. They, they mix run and pass. You know, that last drive, the last couple of drives against Oregon State, I was like, this is this is a good football team. You know, this is this is a contending football team that may have gotten off to a little bit of a slow start, finding out who they are, finding out which guys should be in all the time. And now they're they're clicking. That's back to back wins against ranked teams. Right. Yeah. Back to back. Right. Yeah. Well, formerly ranked team and Oregon State's still ranked and hopefully we'll stay that way. So it continues to look like an impressive win. Hey, they, they, you yeah. know what? Washington State was ranked when they played him. That's USC, right. USC was a top 10 team when they played him. Right. Or top yep. 15. Yep. And they took them down to the wire and then uh, beating Oregon State. I mean, those guys are scrappy and tough. So when you beat them, guess what? You're scrappy and tough. But when you look, go back and look at some of the plays, you're not. That's a little bit more than scrappy and tough. Yeah, Eric and I had this discussion in our first segment. Uh, he wants to reduce the number of seats in Arizona Stadium even further just because he you know, wants the tickets to be a little harder to come by and wants that sellout atmosphere. I've said, look, this, this stadium could be more than capable of selling out once fans get excited again. We've seen it time and time again. What are your thoughts on that? I think the stadium is beautiful. I think the improvements they made in the north end zone are outstanding. You know, uh, outside the stadium, when you get in, you want to go buy your beer and your pretzel. It's it's not fantastic, especially on the west side. I don't know how they fix that. I think reducing the number of seats is not a great idea. Uh, and again, you know, we have to become a football program. We've had, you know, flashes here and there. It's a tough community sell here. You know, this is not Scottsdale. You know, you're not pulling from 5 million people 100 miles up the road. Yeah. The economy is pretty rough. Uh, and this is an entertainment dollar. You, you know, you want to go to a game, the price of the ticket might be somewhat agreeable. But boy, you know, you buy a soda, you buy a beer, you buy a hot dog. And holy cow, I just dropped an extra 100 bucks. And for, I think for a Tucson community, the people that really want to go, the, the, those are those are hard decisions to make. All right, well, let's dive into uh, your son's team, UCLA. You just what you were just out uh, watching them uh, beat up on Colorado, uh, Arizona's next two opponents right there. Let's start with UCLA, obviously. I feel like there are some similarities between them and Oregon State in terms of having a balanced offense, good, balanced all the way around. Great defense, one of the best defenses, maybe the best in the Pac-12, uh, certainly strong at the line of scrimmage, as you well know, with your son playing the offensive line. Give us your you know, scouting report on, on UCLA for Arizona fans who haven't watched them much this season. 
Well, they have a new defensive coordinator, and he is bringing in some really exciting looks, right? You know, seven guys up at the line, three guys bail at the snap. You don't know who they're going to be. Uh, in the last game, if you go back, if you recorded it, you know, they brought the Murphy twins in at three techniques. So you got you got defensive ends rushing guards. And, you know, Latu is an incredible player. Darius Masau at the linebacker position from Hawaii, transfer portal kid. He's outstanding. Uh, the secondary is playing solid. And, you know, traditionally, well, not traditionally, but in the past, say, three to five years, I've always felt like that was really the kind of the soft spot of UCLA's defense. But, you know, much like um, I think Arizona is, a more, a more attacking front six or seven is giving those DBs a little bit better chance. Quarterbacks that are on their heels, having to throw from, you know, not a set position, on the move or under duress. I mean, go what UCLA did to Colorado, to Shadur Sanders, you know, they the the the, uh, the sheriff should have been outside the locker room arresting the front six from UCLA. And it was insane. I think it was six sacks, 18 pressures, you know, 14 hits, 12 knockdowns. It, it was incredible. UCLA did it had four turnovers in the first half, zero in the second. Colorado didn't turn the ball over. And by the by the fourth quarter, halfway through the fourth quarter, Colorado was negative four yards rushing. Negative four. Now, on the other side of the ball, UCLA started that freshman, um, and he's a great kid, and I think he's going to be fantastic. A little too early for Dante. You know, made some mistakes in the two losses. He threw three picks. Both of them each had a pick six in the game against Utah and Oregon State. You know, tough, tough deal. Um, so the quarterback position, Ethan or uh, uh, Ethan Garbers is starting now. He's looking pretty good. Colin Schley, the transfer from uh, Kent State, also getting in, looking pretty good. Uh, offensive line is playing solid. They're gelling. Bruno Fina's playing pretty damn well. Solid football, <laughs> but they are a run first team, and they have a they have a pretty exciting uh, running game. I think they ran for two hundred and I think thirty six yards yesterday, um, including the quarterbacks, which was impressive. The, it's a it's a good looking team. As long as they start competitively, they don't do well coming from behind. All right, so that's that's fair. So if Arizona jumps out early on them, that's what we're looking for next week. Uh, now, what as far as I've seen with UCLA in, in the limited amount, it's Dante Moore, as you said, a lot of potential. Garbers brings that, I would say, as you said, kind of the consistency there. When it comes to the on the lines of scrimmage from what you've seen from Arizona, obviously we know you have some bias. Do you think Arizona is seriously outmanned against UCLA? Do you think it's close? What's your what's your take on the lines of scrimmage? Okay. Um, I thought about this a little bit. I tend to watch offensive line play a lot more closely. And you, you cannot say that Arizona doesn't have a fantastic offensive line. I mean, anchored by the two tackles and then from guard to guard, they play very solidly. They, that, that is a very good offensive line. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, you know, aside from some some good playmakers at the linebacker and safety position, you know, they don't really flash, but they are lunch pail guys. I mean, they play with great energy. Um, you know, nobody really pops out in my head as, wow, this guy is, you know, first, second round pick to the NFL. But that doesn't matter. Right. This is college football. You're trying to win games. You're trying to get 11 guys to believe into a, in a system and to really just exert the the plan and the philosophy of the defense on each down. And I think Arizona is doing a really good job of that. Now, offensively, holy cow. I mean, their, their blend of pass and run and getting the ball into the running back's hands in the passing game is, is it's really fantastic. I mean, they're scoring points. They're stretching the field. They have, they're picking up uh, yardage in big, big chunks. Now, UCLA is, is somewhat the opposite. You know, they're not really pressing downfield. They're looking for those intermediate throws, the 8 to 12-yard passes. Arizona, is, Noah Fafita is, is playing out of his head, I think. Uh, I mean, and the guy's tiny. So uh, I'm, I'm really impressed with what they're doing. They're, they're riding high right now, and they should. Uh, they're playing good football. 
if you were to give one key for Arizona, Arizona has to succeed in this area to win on Saturday night. What is it? I think they have to score on their first two drives. Okay. I mean, they 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 have to figure out the UCLA defense and score on their first two drives, whether it's two touchdowns or a touchdown, a field goal. That's a must. If they let UCLA score first, get up by seven or ten, I think um, you know they'll gain a little bit more confidence. Uh, It's just best, and I say to everybody, start fast. You know, you got to start fast in in the the pack two. I mean, these teams are so explosive. <laughs> you know, it ends up becoming kind of a trade blows kind of thing, right? We score a touchdown, they score a touchdown. Last guy to have the ball is going to win the game. You know, waiting for somebody to make a stupid mistake, and you know, the 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 reduction of of stupid mistakes lend you know lends itself to higher scoring games, which is what you're seeing Arizona do. UCLA hasn't scored a lot, but they've really been pounding offenses with their defense. So. Uh, you know, we're going to be tailgating. Um, I'm sure we're going to get some nasty looks. I'm going to have all kinds of uh, UCLA parents who've hosted us when we go to the Rose Bowl at our tailgate. And uh, it's exciting. I can't tell you, though, how stressful it is to watch my kids play, whether it's Roman at South Point or Bruno at UCLA or Mimi when she was playing rugby. You know, I, I think I get more worked up watching them play than when I was suiting up for a playoff game with Buffalo. You know, I mean, there, there was a calm because I felt like I had some control. Now it's just yeah. totally out of my control. Let yeah. me make one point here, Shane, real fast. By the yeah. way, in Arizona's last three games, the team that scores first is 0-3. I want to point that out. Interesting. So, Interesting. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and Johnny, you're, you're, that's right. Your daughter uh, played rugby up at, uh, up at the school up north. Mm-hmm. So you got your uh, look. I, I a lot of people gave me a hard time for my you, daughter going to you uh, and Antonio ASU. Pierce, man. Yeah, you know what? My <laughs> daughter went to ASU, and when people tried to give me a hard time, I said, "Hey, she's not playing football." Yeah, no, that's no, it's fair, and I don't think anyone holds anything. But what, I was going to ask you though, John, like what what's like the actual game? Like what's that going to be like for you? I assume you're going to have a field pass. Uh, are, no. I mean, no, you're going to be watching no. from the stands. I, I I like to be in the stands. Uh, I see better, you know. Uh, it gives me a better chance to focus on Bruno. You surround, you um, surrounded by by UCLA fans. Or- yeah, you know, and it's it's funny. I mean, you know, the the families of players are great fans of their kids first. You know, the program, sure. and they just tend to be very. Uh, I don't know if reserved is the right word. Maybe it's just the anxiety and the stress. You know, watching your kid play. But they're, you know, they're. I'm sure the Arizona kids' parents are fantastic, just like the UCLA parents have embraced, you know, the Phoenix from Tucson, and it, it's been uh, it's been a great experience. I I don't know what I would do on the sideline, frankly. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I I would feel compelled to coach, and uh, that's not my place. Yeah. You know, I'll coach some high school. And uh, that that'll do it. I I remember uh, when I was at, at U of A, uh, Bill Walton would be there uh, cheering on Luke and wearing his U of A gear. And then the year after Luke uh, graduated, he went where he went to the Lakers. Uh, Bill was there back there. Uh, his other son was playing for San Diego State, and Bill was back there wearing San Diego State stuff when Arizona played. So that's sort of you. But then but then when when Bruno leaves UCLA, you're back to wearing the U of A stuff then, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do with all this gear. I'm getting great hand me downs <laughs> now. It's incredible. I mean, Bruno was this, you know, skinny kid in high school and he's, he's pushing 300 pounds right now. I mean, he's, he's massive and he's playing good football. He's got good technique. And, and now, you know, when he comes home and, you know, of course, it's not like it was when I played at Arizona where you had the same set of sweatpants mm-hmm. for, you know, five years. And it was, uh, you know, it was a hand-me-down from the last six guys that had them. And they just took a Sharpie and they wrote your number on the thigh. <laughs> and then by the time I was a freshman, my number was below the kneecap, you know, because there were like seven guys that wore the pants. Bef- it's like that, like, a, like a library slip and old library books. Like you get the whole oh, names okay. crossed out. And- yes. Yeah, so Bruno comes home, he's got duffel bags with, you know, stuff is like, this doesn't fit me anymore. Now it's coming, you know, it's coming back to me. So it, it's been, it's been a blast. All right. My last question for you, since uh, Arizona's opponent after UCLA is Colorado, and you've got a good look at the, at the Buffaloes uh, this past weekend, give us a quick scouting report on them. Obviously UCLA uh, did a great job con- containing their quarterback. How does Arizona do that? And, and how do they, how do they beat Colorado on each side of the ball? 
Uh, the recipe is pretty simple. Uh, Colorado's offensive line is not playing well. I don't know if it's a lack of experience or injury. Dion called him out take... by you know, like almost like almost personally at his, his press conference after the game as well. Yeah, and I, I don't like that. No. I, I think that's out of bounds. And I, you know, I I I enjoy the 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 prime phenomenon just because it's it's exciting and it's fun. But I don't like that. I don't think you should do that. You you could say you know our offensive line has to play better, but I think. Um, you know, to the degree that I heard that he said, I just don't think that's the right thing to do with 18 to 23 year old kids who are who are doing the best they can with, you know, they were terrible last year and now they got a new coach and a new system. Uh, it, not not cool. But back to your point, uh, I would bring guys. I, I would I would bring the heat. I, I would I would confuse the looks up front. I would bring. I'd bring three guys. I'd bring five guys. I'd disguise it. I'd drop guys into zone. And I, I would really, really put the pressure on them. Their running game, I, I mean, I don't. I, I think at the end of the game, they had less than 20 yards rushing. I didn't get even a cohesive understanding of what their philosophy is. It was just non-existent. So that's, that's, that's pretty simple, frankly. Uh, and then on defense, I mean, the Arizona offense shouldn't really have that difficult a time. I mean, I think the, you know, his kid is a pretty good player. Shiloh's a good player. Uh, Hunter, Travis Hunter is a good player, but you know, beyond that, I don't think that there's anybody that really stands out. And right now they're a little bit dejected. If they lose again, I think they play next week. I think they came off a bye. You know, I think, um, I think the bloom is off the rose a little bit and Arizona should take advantage of that. I don't even know. Is the game at Arizona or is it uh, in Boulder? In Boulder. Going to Boulder. Yeah. All right. Well, I still I still put Arizona up by you know fourteen. Okay, well, I mean that's listen. I picked Colorado at the start of the year. I got a lot of heat on social media. How dare I pick? Col- well, I mean I could change my pick. It was just a preseason prediction. I didn't think Arizona would be this good. I thought Colorado would be what they were. I didn't think they'd start out as hot, but but so be it. That's a good preview. All right, two more questions for you. First of all, uh, you are an assistant coach at South Point for football. Arizona had formerly had a couple of defensive line defensive linemen that were committed to the program that aren't anymore in will height and rushing just any thoughts anything you can tell us about that uh just from your perspective well I can tell you that the recruiting is never over so uh I don't I I don't get into the the heads of kids it's not my place they're wonderful kids their parents are great people. I mean, they're great families. So something happened. I, I I can't begin to guess at what that is, whether it was an outside force or something that they felt from the University of Arizona. And I don't really, I, I don't, I don't want a 17 or 18 year old kid to have a 54 year old man coming up and, you know, quizzing them and harassing them and putting them under the spotlight. It's just not my place. Um, it's hard to really say what happened. I, I mean, in the, in the long run, uh, had fish been here and recruited Bruno, uh, I would have enjoyed watching my son in Arizona stadium and being able to go to all of the home games and then add one or two away games. And as it sits now, it's more challenging. I'm I'm just not going to Pullman. I am not going to Oregon. It's just not going to happen, right? I mean, it's too much damn money. And, um, you know, I, I got Roman playing now. He's got one more year as a senior. So, you know, they lose out on that. But so it had to be a very compelling reason. Um, if it was on the Arizona side, I just hope that the kids and their families were we're honest with them and said, you know, this is the reason for our flip, you know, maybe take it to heart for the future. Um, it's hard to say. I mean, looking at the way Arizona has been playing recently, you know, those, those two guys, you know, whether they, they sat one year, they'd be playing their next year or they'd be playing as freshmen. I mean, these are made kids with, with terrific skill sets. Uh, I'm sad that I'll have to watch them where, you know, uh, purple and I don't even I'm not even sure if rushing has decided yet. So, or I mean, Oregon. The, the rumor is Oregon with the NIL money, obviously there, and then Will Height. I've heard the rumors that he could come back to Arizona, but Washington is also strongly in there. You 
probably have obviously know of that, mm-hmm. but I wanted to ask you about Roman because your son is uh class of 2025, but he's also a star pitcher. So what sport do you think he'll play in college? And is Arizona, has Arizona been in contact with him for baseball and or football? So I don't know that I'm supposed to answer any of these questions, but okay. I will. So, okay. um, you know, uh, Roman went to the Arizona football camp and he was, you know, I mean, Finas are rough. I mean, we're skinny little guys. And then all of a sudden, you know, you start growing. But I'll tell you right now, Roman is far and away bigger than Bruno was his senior year as a junior. Hmm. So he's he's looking really good. I've got I've talking to a few coaches out there. Um, I won't say who. Okay. But um, I'm certainly excited and happy to talk to, you know, uh, fish and and the team i'd I'd love it if they recruited him i think he has an opportunity to play both uh baseball is a different deal you know the i i talked to roman about this and i'm a pretty frank guy say look you know there's not a lot of money in college baseball you know the scholarships are hard to come by you know they're splitting them up and if you want to if your plan is to go out of state you know it's going to be a lot easier for you on the football route he's long I mean, the kid's got practically an 80-inch wingspan now. He's almost as tall as me. I think he's closing in. If he's not already six foot five, I don't measure him every day, although, you know, I wouldn't mind. But he's um, he's starting to put on the weight and gain the weight. He's um, he's over 240, and I think at the same age, Bruno was probably, you know, 215, and he's 300 now. So uh, he, he could be a player. What's curious about Roman is, he didn't even – I didn't think he was going to play football. He didn't – three weeks before his freshman year, he says, Dad, I want to play football. And I'm like, oh, my God. So now I'm in a rush to to make the kid an offensive lineman. He's got great feet from, you know, being a, a karate kid. You know, he was in karate, did ladder drills. He's got amazing feet. And now he's just learning the nuances of being in the game. He didn't start the season, but an injury to a really great kid put him in the starting right tackle role. He started three games. Uh, they just beat Saguaro the other night. Um, there were some coaches there um, from another school that most Arizona fans don't like. Um, and and they got a good look at the kid. And he's long and he's patient and he moves well. So, you know, I'm hopeful. I, I, and I, I'm not the kind of dad that says, you're going to do this. You know, you're going to go to this school. You're going to go. Look, it's your life. And I will support you in your decision. As long as you can tell me what your plan is, I will support you in achieving your goal. And, well, uh, yeah, smart kid. You know, he's all of the advanced placement classes. You know, he's probably you know three eight five GPA. So you never know the Dukes and Northwestern, Stanford and Yale. You never know. Well, we if there are any Arizona assistant coaches who are listening, there's a kid in 2025. We. Not like to have on the roster. I think Shane and I will uh, will be rooting for that. But John, great to talk with you. Been a couple of years, so we're glad to have you back on. You know, enjoy the game on Saturday. We know you will be somewhat conflicted somewhere across the board, and I'm sure we'll have you on again here soon. Well, listen, guys, don't be shy. You know, a um, couple of your competitors have me on fairly often. I'm I'm available by phone or by video. Um, I'll call uh, I'll call Brendan Carroll and uh, make the job easy on you. And we'll see if we can get uh, Arizona to give uh, Roman a, a good, healthy look. Thanks to John Fina for joining Shane and I. Great to talk with him for the first time in quite a while and uh, get a, a preview as to what we should see from UCLA this weekend. But now it's time for my, fi- or my favorite segment of the show, our final segment which is our weekly picks. And this week, our guest picker is none other than my good buddy, Jeff Bloom from 1027 The Fanatic in Palm Springs. He is the host of Pure Sports from 3 to 6 p.m. every day or every weekday. You can find them at 1027thefanatic.com. He is one of my good buddies in the media business, and I'm really, really happy to have you here join us, uh, Dome, as your nickname it is. So, Jeff, good yes, to it is Jeff for obvious Dome. reasons. Yeah. yeah, well, I'm not that far away. So I thought that was the reason you were keeping the top of your head hidden. Uh, right, that is exactly why. Right. Uh, okay. So, you Fair know, enough. what's great about having you this week is your co-host, Austin, who's a great guy, and, and I'm yes. also uh, happy to call a friend, is a big UCLA fan. And he has also been one to, you know, be very anti-Arizona when it comes to certain things. So that's why I'm very curious how you're going to pick our final game. But let's get right into it. Now, first of all, 
I would be remiss. I, I was only one point off, Shane. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in last week, I said 27-23. God forbid it was 27-24. Pretty darn good. Uh, I'm now, uh, what, 7-1 uh, and one picking Arizona games against the spread. Not, not bad yeah. there. But you gained a game on me. So you are now one back of me. You know what, uh, Eric? Have we ever uh, made, actually like made a wager on this? Like, like when we, it gets lunch or something? I, or, listen, I'm spotting, like do- I'm spotting you a game and I'm willing to do it. Absolutely. Oh, oh. I'm never going to turn down a free lunch. So there you go. Uh, so, all right, Shane, there's our bet right there. there now, go. now, Dome, here's the thing. Uh, our guest pickers are 11 games behind me and 10 games behind Shane. Uh-oh. They are not doing well this, this year. So the pressure is really off. So let's get right into our first game this week, a battle of ranked teams. Missouri, I think, is like 14th now. They're at Georgia, who is a 17-point favorite. Shane, I'm going to start with you. Does Georgia win by three possessions, or can Missouri you know, make it fairly interesting at least. Well, it's interesting because this was a trap game a year ago. You remember Missouri almost upset Georgia. They and did. probably yep. should have. Uh, yep. Now Missouri's for real, uh, real, at least for real adjacent. I, I don't think they're quite worthy of their ranking. I, I think Georgia's uh, coming off a big win. I think they're playing really well. That They beat Florida a lot easier than I thought they would. I think Georgia finds a way to 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 win and cover at home. Jeff? Uh, you know, the Tigers are averaging 35 points a game. Uh, I don't think they win this game outright, but I'm going to lay the points. I'm 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 going to take the points and take the t- Missouri. Yeah, I'm going to take the points as well. I think that's a great great call there. I think they're going to, based on what Shane said, I think this one's going to be closer. I could see it around ten. I think this spread is a little inflated. Now, mind you, we're recording this on Sunday night, so these are initial spreads. These mm-hmm. may change throughout the week from when you guys are listening, but. I'm Jeff and I are going to take Missouri. Shane will take Georgia. All right. Game number two, it's Bedlam and it's not played in late November. It's played at the beginning of November, which is kind of weird. Yeah. Oklahoma is a seven point favorite at Oklahoma state. Uh, what are you leaning Jeff? Which way are you leaning Oklahoma or Oklahoma no, state? A couple of years ago, Oklahoma state won in Stillwater. Uh, I really like Ollie Gordon, the running back for Oklahoma state. I'm going to take Oklahoma state uh, and, and the points. I, I, I don't like the way Oklahoma's playing right now the last couple of weeks. Shane, how about you? Yeah, I think Oklahoma's due for a loss. I was a little surprised it came against Kansas, even though I think I took the points. Uh, you did. But, you but did. I think now that they've got that loss out of the way, I think it's the wake-up call they need. I don't think OK State is as good as they think they are. They're almost ranked in the AP poll. Maybe they're going to be ranked in the college football playoff poll. I think Oklahoma wins, and I think they cover. Yeah, I'm actually going to agree with you there, Shane. I was going to lean Oklahoma State, and I – I just don't know if I have bought into the level of competition that Oklahoma State, I, mean, I guess they beat Kansas State, I believe it was the other week, but Oklahoma has to bounce back, you would think, after that disgraceful performance uh, against Kansas. And then the week before, they should have lost to UCF, who isn't that good, and lost to West Virginia mm-hmm. uh, on Saturday as well. So I think Oklahoma finds a way to bounce back and win this game by 10 or so. All right, last non-Pac-12 game we're going to pick this week. LSU is a four-and-a-half-point underdog at Alabama. I actually like them to cover this, and I wouldn't be surprised if they beat them again for the second straight year. I actually think LSU is arguably the better team. As much as I hate picking Jalen Daniels, former ASU quarterback, Jayden I'm going to roll with them. Thank you. I was thinking Jalen Daniels from Kansas. Jalen Daniels, thank you. Nope. Thank you, uh, Shane. All right, Shane, why don't you make a pick on this one? Uh, I messed that one up. No, no, no. I'm, I'm Well, I think you messed up the pick, too, so I'm going to go with Bama. I, I think this is not Nick Saban's Bama team from four or five years ago, but they're still Alabama. They're still at home. They're still in the college football playoff discussion, whether they will be at the end of the year is up for debate. I think they've been in the cover. Dome? I feel the same way. I think Nick Saban's going to be preaching revenge all week long. I agree with Shane. This isn't his best team, but I think they find a way to to get this this win. I'll, I'll lay the points and take Alabama at home. One of the picks that I got right last week was Cal uh, against USC, and they only they probably should have beaten USC, who is broken. And we'll talk about them a little bit later on uh, in this segment. But Oregon is a twenty four and a half point favorite over Cal. Utah was my favorite pick last week, and Oregon just absolutely smoked them. I'm rolling with the twenty four and a half. I think they win by over 30 at this rate. No, no offense to Cal, but I think the letdown effect is real. What do you say, Jeff? I agree with you 100%. I think Oregon's rolling right now. Uh, Cal scoring 48 against USC. That doesn't doesn't impress me because USC's defense is so awful. So I'll go ahead with you. I, I think Oregon wins big. I'll lay the points and take Oregon. Shane? 
Yeah, I, I think Cal's near upset was more about USC being atrocious. Uh, I, I do admire their guts for going for two. Uh, what everyone's asking Jetfish to do that against USC didn't work out. With that said, Oregon's rolling. They're probably, even though I think you know, Washington is their number one in the conference, I think Oregon is probably the best team in the conference at this moment. Uh, they're at home. I think they cover. I'm not really sure what to make of this next one. Washington State, who's what lost, I think, what is it, four in a row, including the ASU yesterday. That was disgraceful. Uh, is a 13-point favorite over Stanford, who gave Washington a pretty good game on Saturday night. Uh, I'm going to roll with Stanford here, not confidently, but this line is kind of fishy, and is Washington State broken? Shane, what do you think? I think this is a get-right game for the Cougars. Uh, they're better. They're not as good as they showed the first month of the season. They're not as bad as they showed the last month. I think they start to right the ship. Uh, this is a, a game that I, I think they, they have to have. Um, I think the Cougars find a way to, st- to win this game by a couple touchdowns. So they yeah. cover yeah, I've, you know, it's been a long season for both these teams. Two conference wins between the two of them. Uh, I don't know who's going to win this game, but I don't I don't like that line of minus 13. I'm going to take Stanford. Fair enough. That makes sense. Now, here's another weird line. Oregon State coming off that loss to Arizona is at Colorado and favored by 13 and a half. Shane, I'll start with you on this one. What do you like here? That's interesting, isn't it? And Oregon State, as you saw, is not the same team on the road, not taking anything away from what Arizona did, but home field's a big deal for them. Uh, Colorado, not as good as we, it's kind of like Washington State, not as good as we, as everyone in the national media thought they were the first couple of games, but not as bad as we've seen the last several weeks. Uh, I, I think Oregon State uh, wins a close game, but a close game. I think it, uh, that, that I agree with you. The line's a little too, too inflated on that one. All right, Jeff, what do you say? I agree. I, I I don't like the line. I think Colorado, they've lost four out of five. I, I think Coach Prime has his team ready to go at home. I don't know if they win, but I think they definitely cover. See, I actually like Oregon State here to win this game by multiple touchdowns. I just don't see Colorado shutting down that rushing attack. I think Colorado might be broken, and it's probably a good thing for Arizona. The last thing I want to see this week is Colorado get right before they host Arizona. You know, I took enough grief, Shane, uh, before the year on this show for saying that Colorado would beat Arizona. As of now, I would lean against that pick. Uh, I I would lean towards Arizona uh, and we'll make that pick obviously next week. But I think Oregon State bounces back. I could see them winning this game by three touchdowns. Now we're picking this early. I haven't done my research, so I get that. But as of right now, I'm going Oregon State there. All right. Big one of the big games of the week. Washington is a three point favorite at USC. Now I've seen this line go in out. I've seen it four and a half. I mean, this one is going to be variable all week, but for now, for the purposes of this program, we'll stick with three. Jeff, why don't you make the first pick on this one? Washington is a three-point road favorite at USC. What do you like? You know, 102.7, the Fanatic is the home for the USC Trojans here in Palm Springs, and it's good business for me when USC wins football games, but I've lost all faith in this defense. I'm going to go ahead and take take Washington uh, on the road. I I just, I, I don't see USC being able to stop them. Shane? Yeah, both these teams have struggled a bit lately. Uh, USC certainly more so, but but Washington having you know Stanford took them to the wire. ASU, you could certainly argue, should have won at Washington, which is crazy. Uh, and USC is going to give them their best shot. I think they probably got a little confidence back, even though that was a disaster, or potentially a disaster of a game in Berkeley. Uh, but I, I think USC gives them a game, but I still think Washington covers. I think Washington wins by a touchdown. Yeah, I would agree with that, Shane. I think that's a good assessment. I I just don't see USC getting stops consistently against Michael Penix. And this is Penix's, um, I think, get right game, even though he had great numbers against Stanford. But on the national stage against USC, who people still respect for some reason, uh, I have a feeling that Washington wins this game by at least a touchdown. So I'm with you there. All right, two more games to go. ASU coming off that big win against Washington State is at Utah, who's coming off that disaster against Oregon. And Utah is favored by 11 and a half. I'm going to go with the Utes here. I love picking Utah, especially uh, when it comes to at home, albeit they let me down against Oregon. But when they are a double-digit favorite over a non-ranked team, they absolutely blow them out. They have covered every, I think, every double-digit spread over the last you know, two or three years at home. So I'm going to roll with them here. Uh, Jeff, I'll start with you on this one. What do you like? Yeah, Utah has won three straight against the Sun Devils. I don't, I know that doesn't mean all that much, but I think Utah bounces back as well. And I'm not a fan of ASU. Uh, this is not a very good football team. So I'll lay the 11 and a half and take Utah. Fit right in on this podcast. Uh, Shane, how about you? <laughs> Well, I, I I've taken ASU to, uh, to cover uh, most of most games. I think we, we mm-hmm. picked this year, including last week. I picked them to beat Washington State outright. You did, they, nicely they, done. Yeah. Well, they were they were 
close to getting over the hump against Washington and against Cal and Colorado. They kept losing close games. Eventually they were going to get there. Now that they're there, I think they, they kind of come back to reality a little bit. They're not as bad as their record, but Utah is still much better. They're at home. They're going to be uh, ticked off after that, getting embarrassed uh, by Oregon. So it's more about Utah than ASU. I think Utah wins by at least two scores. Okay. Uh, we're in agreement there. And finally, our last game of the weekend, UCLA is favored by a point and a half at Arizona. Now, where will this line end up closer to game time? I actually think it ends up close to a pick if not favored, if not Arizona being favored. Jeff, I'm going to start with you. As we mentioned at the beginning of the segment, you have kind of a divided loyalties here. You're on our, our podcast, which we appreciate, but your co-host Austin is a big UCLA guy. Can you give us a score prediction and maybe a sentence or two of rationale for that pick? You know, I, I think the world that Austin, I hope he just does not watch this podcast this week, maybe every other week, but not this week, because I like what I'm seeing from the Arizona Wildcats. They're at home. Uh, it's just the point and a half, as you say, it may be a pick them by then. So I'm going to take Arizona in a very close one. I think it's a field goal that separates it 24-21. Wow. Okay. That's a, that's very, you and I are a lot alike in, in certain ways. You'll see uh, how I reference that as we go along. All right, Shane. Uh, time for yours. Go for it. Well, typically I pick against Arizona, and typically that's worked out well for Arizona. So why Don't stop do it. now? Why stop Don't now? <laughs> Don't hey, do it, Shane. I, I think UCLA's defense is is ridiculously good. Uh, I think that if you know if it comes down to a turnover battle, I don't trust Arizona's defense to get enough takeaways. Uh, and I think UCLA is capable of, of forcing Noah Fafita into more mistakes than he's made to this point. I think it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a low-scoring game. But I think Arizona also, as we talked about earlier, I think – this game, the Oregon State game was much about Oregon State making mistakes as it was Arizona winning. Not taking anything away from the, the, the significance of the victory, but I think UCLA is the better team. I think they're the more well-rounded team, and I think they're they're probably going to do better at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball collectively. So I'm going to lean UCLA to win a very similar score to what Jeff had, uh, 21 to 20 UCLA. Okay, 21, 20. So you're picking Arizona with the points. Yeah, I guess I am as of now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I, uh, listen, I was one point off last week. I, as I said, and I'm going to tout myself because I can't help myself. I said 27-23. It was 27-24. I'm 7-1 and one in picking Arizona games against the spread this year. My one mistake was picking Washington State a few weeks ago, and we saw what happened with a 44-6 result. I believe, Shane, that Arizona or that Oregon State has the better defense than UCLA. I, I've watched mm -hmm. both teams. I believe Oregon State is a better team than UCLA. The letdown effect is real, but this Arizona team with a homecoming crowd, even though it's a late game, the crowd will be energized. I think Arizona wins a close one, low scoring as you guys have predicted. I'm going to say Arizona 24, UCLA 20. So only one point off from what Jeff picked. We're all kind of in that same ballpark, 21-20, 24-21, 24 What's the over-under on that game, Eric? Uh, it's still too early, uh, to, okay. uh, you know, to, but Ari to get Arizona that. typically hits the under and they had to hit the under against Oregon state. Did they not? They did. So Arizona has hit the under in seven, uh, seven out of eight games, right. uh, this year, which is crazy to think about the over under in this particular game. Uh, the early over under is 53 and a half wow. and the line movement is right now UCLA. You're going to see this between a field goal either way. I think I grabbed that under real quick. I think so too. And remember, you and I went to a game uh, in twenty. What was that? Twenty nineteen. It was yeah. a twenty to seventeen. Now, mind you, you know, twenty to seventeen, Arizona uh, beat UCLA. I think low scoring once again, and I think Arizona gets it done. You know what? Thanks, Shane, for picking against us. Maybe thank me for picking. It's been, it's been working, and I hope and you're seven and one. And the only time you were wrong is because you didn't believe enough. So hopefully that trend continues. But. I am. I believe. I believe. Well, Jeff, we really appreciate you joining us. And uh, for you those better. of you who really, uh, for those of you who really enjoy good sports talk, check out 102.7 The Fanatic in Palm Springs. You can listen online. Thanks to John Fina for joining us earlier. For Shane Dale, I'm Eric Cohen. Thanks for listening. And as always, bear down. <laughs>